Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, which should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. And welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. Since we've been doing this podcast over the years, we've interviewed a number of people who have used cannabis to deal with a brain tumor. And as most of you are probably aware, brain tumors can be extremely complicated with many different types and locations. And joining us today from Manitoba, Canada, is Clint Hebert and his wife, Ellen Rasmussen Hebert, who was told in August of 2019 she only had 12 months to live. But cannabis oil fooled the experts once again, and her tumor is shrinking, which is good news. Thanks very much for joining us, guys. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Good to be on. Now, tell us how this story started for you. Uh, okay. Um, we, uh, we had actually decided a couple years ago we wanted to actually move out to Vancouver Island. We visited a number of times, and uh, it was one of those things where you just you go and you fall in love with the place, and you just can't wait to get back. So we came back from a trip and told our kids we're moving to the island, and uh, subsequently sold our house, uh, packed our van, got everything ready to go. And four days before we were leaving, Ellen had to go to emergency. She had a uh, really bad set of migraines over the last few weeks before we moved. We attributed that to a uh, distress from leaving family and jobs and home and everything. We didn't even think about brain cancer. And uh, so I rushed from work to the emergency and there's Ellen sitting there and uh, dazed. She has no self-awareness, anything else. They get her into Merge and several hours later was diagnosed with glioblastoma. So um, further tests uh, confirmed that it's stage four and uh, they didn't tell us verbally, they said in a letter that she had 12 months to live, which I just didn't tell anybody because- Including so, me. Including her. Sometimes your mm-hmm. your 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 perception of what is uh, dictates what is. And so we just, we just kept things very light, positive, and hopeful. And uh, immediately after that, uh, within a couple of days, I think, my aunt reached out to me and said, hey, uh, her son had just honestly been cured of uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma from RSO via Corey. And so she said, here's Corey's number, talk to her. And uh, we went from there. So, uh, Corey, I just have to say again, thank you for actually taking that phone call. It's, it was life-changing. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> so when you went to the hospital and you were diagnosed with a brain tumor, they sent you in a letter uh, notice that you had 12 months to live. Do I have that correct? Yeah, like they can't diagnose in situ, right? They have to actually send it out mm-hmm. for for pathology, everything else. Yeah. And uh, so they don't even know until, you know, a few weeks later what, what it actually looks like. It could just be benign. It could be malignant. This ended up being stage four malignant glioblastoma front temporal lobe. So uh, surrounding memory and speech. And then, you know, all these, all these dominoes kind of click into place like, oh, of course, that's why, you know, when Ellen's texting me, words don't make sense. Or when she's you know trying to remember something, the words aren't there. She can't remember a person's name who she'd just literally seen five minutes before. 
things like that. You don't think of these things. No one thinks brain cancer. It's mm-hmm. a big C word. Right? No, no one thinks that first off. You think, oh, I'm stressed. Oh, I'm tired. Oh, I'm whatever, disorganized from something else. No one thinks this. So when this comes, I mean, the, 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 the roller truck that backs over you and flattens you to the ground emotionally and physically, it's, it's devastating. Um, it's, it's like yeah. being hit by a semi, isn't it, it? It really is. It's just, it's, it's a horrific feeling. And, and you live in some landscape of horror going on, which, you know, people don't really look at, but <laughs> here you are. So, um, yeah, like I said, I, you reach for hope, you reach for the things that you can find. And, uh, I mean, that phone call with Corey, holy cow, just what a, what a, it's a gift of hope. Mm-hmm. It really is. You have nothing to lose. And, uh, you know, we come from a fairly conservative background and the idea of, of, of cannabis. I mean, you know, my friends all did cannabis in high school. I stayed kind of clean. Right. So those kinds of things, you, 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 you change your mindset a hundred percent dramatically when you have nothing to lose. Yeah. And suddenly you realize, Hey, this is medicine. This is a thing. And subsequent education, you know, proving out that this stuff actually works. Here we are. So how Almost big? How big was the, was the brain tumor? Uh, about a golf ball size, and it had two arms sticking out from that yet into the brain. So uh, it's it surrounded in a major artery running in. So when they did surgery on Ellen uh, five ish six days later, something like that. They, yeah, it was, I was diagnosed on Friday, and on the Thursday I that's right. Surgery. So six yeah. days later. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, they ended up cutting about 90% out, but they had to leave the part that surrounds that big artery because they said mm-hmm. if they cut into that, I mean, she's going to hemorrhage out in her brain and everything else. So they, they, they triage what they can. And then, yeah, I mean, they, they sewed her back up, put some metal plates in her head and, and uh, here you are. I, I just want to tell you about a little bit, a part of the surgery, if you don't mind. Oh, sure. Uh, uh, because of the, the kind of surgery and where the, the tumor was, they uh, kept me awake during surgery and they kept me talking during surgery. So that that's very interesting. I don't remember all of it, but I remember a whole bunch of it. And there was lots of talking for hours and hours, but uh, it was successful. Yeah. What was your thought going into this, Ellen? Like, just your, did you think it was going to be successful? Like, what's going through your head when you're going in for brain surgery? Um, when I was diagnosed, um, I was not in a, a what's a, a normal spot. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I got the, uh, they told me what the surgery needed to be, all that stuff. And I completely believed the whole time that it, that would be helpful and positive. That's, and I've been thinking that almost the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had some down times a few times, but but overall, keeping positive. That's very important, I think. Yes, yes. So, Ellen, when the surgery is over, what did the doctors tell you about um, your prognosis? Uh, for after? Yes. I actually had kind of hinted to them that we didn't want to know a prognosis unless it was confirmed, confirmed. Mm-hmm. That uh, we just wanted to look at it as here's a positive, here's a negative, here's a, here's a, here's some hope, here's some not, right? So, it, like I said, the minute somebody gives you a number, that number's in your head, you, yeah. you, 
you subconsciously revolve around it. It's almost so, a self-fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? It's exactly what it is. It's exactly what it is. So we, it, it's not living in denial. It's living. It, it's kind of like when you want to, you want to change, let's say, the outside of your house. Mm-hmm. You grab a picture off of Pinterest. You hold it up against your house. You say, "This is what my house is going to be," and you keep holding that picture up. And you walk by every day. And you drive up to your driveway. And you hold this picture up. And this is what my house is going to be. I'm going to change this and this and this. And so keeping that that image of her living beyond 12 months, that's a thing. I did not know about the 12 months until I think it was last week I found that. Yeah. And that is, right now, that is such a positive thing to hear because I have royally gone past that. And I feel way better. So. So you only found out last week. Uh, me personally, yes. I only told her because Corey wanted to interview us. <laughs> oh, that, literally the only reason that that uh, that was it. Sorry, at this Camille. point it's a good thing to know. Yeah, it's about time anyway. So yeah. Well, it is. I mean, it is a good thing to know. There was a fellow we inter- we interviewed in the states who uh, I forget his name. Corey, you can help me out with this. He had this rare type of brain cancer, and he's one of the oldest living uh, individuals in the world that has this. That's awesome. Is that that, was his name Jason Berger? That's right, yeah, Jason Berger. And he's uh, he's into 15 years past his best before date. Wow, okay. Yeah. Well, you know with these whole best before dates, there are patients that will actually die to the day because you buy into it. The right. mind is incredible. Yep. The doctor says five months and people will die to the day because the doctor said we're going to die in five months. So, you know, the power of the mind. It's huge. It's very important. It's huge. So so after surgery, what do they propose to you? What do they say? Uh, I I cannot remember that. Standard of care. (laughs) SOC, you know, you get your temozolomide, bring, bring, Tumors specifically generally use temozolomide, and um, that's a five on twenty three off kind of thing. And it's a chemo it's drug for it's a chemo drug, yeah, yeah, for this. But I had to wait. I think it was five, six weeks. Wait. Yeah, yeah, five or six weeks before treatment, so her, her, you know, the wounds can heal a little bit. Um, and then they 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 decided at, at around that point that they would start on uh, radiation as well. Yeah, it was at the same. Yeah. yeah, so they give you a low dose of temozolomide, and it's basically a radio sensitizer to to kind of opens up a couple of receptors in the brain cells or the the cancer cells to be, I guess, more susceptible to radiation damage, and they they explode that way. So um, they started on that the, the temozolomide right before radiation, about a week, and then for another week into radiation, she was taking it, and suddenly we get a call like six thirty one morning from a very panicked doctor saying, "Do not take today's medication." Uh, we just checked your wife's blood yesterday. She's at the cusp of death. Oh, my gosh. They, like, crazy. Like, they were very direct on the phone, so I'm like, whoa, what the heck? And sure enough, from there, Ellen kind of just started declining mm-hmm. hard. And the it's a very rare condition. About 2% of people react this way to it. But um, the temozolomide actually decimates the, the marrow's ability to produce anything from white cells to to uh, um, platelets, anything else, and so she spent the next oh I don't know how many months. I, I don't know. I continued with radiation, but I I was not feeling well. I, I think she was getting two bags of blood a week from from 
God bless people mm-hmm. who, who donate blood. Mm-hmm. I, it blood was the amount of liters of strangers' things. blood running through your body right now is insane. So, but that's what it is. We, you know, I think I think we had to go for transfusions probably forty-ish times. I, I um, don't know <laughs> because the marrow was so decimated. Yeah. Uh, whatever. So that basically killed any chance of uh, treatment from a let's say standard of care point of view. And right around that time, we actually started using the RSO as well. We told the doctors uh, that she's using marijuana for sleep because they, they kind of frown on the, the FICO aspect of things. Mm-hmm. And um, so we uh, we just said she's using a fairly heavy dose of marijuana for sleep. Oh, no problem. That's great. Whatever it takes to sleep, that's great. She was on uh, uh, steroids as well to yeah. keep you awake, right? So um, <laughs> it was just kind of a, a merry-go-round of all these things happening all at once between her basically having zero energy and, and no blood, no, no platelets to speak of, and no immune system and no strength, at no all. strength taking RSO, which, you know, knocked her sideways most nights because I mean, as you know, when you start RSO, it's, it's, uh, it's a little bit hard on the body to begin with. And even though you do the dosing charts, you know, the half grain, the one grain, the double grain, whatever, mm-hmm. um, it can be really, really devastating on someone who is, both ill in size and never having experienced drugs ever before. So, um, yeah, at the end of the day, uh, like I said, she's on 300 milligrams a night now. That's down from the the original 60-gram uh, dose in 60 days, roughly, that we did. And uh, she's standing here. Yeah, I'm, do- I'm doing well. I'm able to uh, do lots in our house. We have four kids, so we do lots of cooking and baking and stuff like that. So I'm able to do that. I can walk around. I have energy. Today I had a nap. Some days I don't. It's a good. It's a good thing. Yeah, Ellen. Um, let, let me ask you. A, sorry, Corey. Ellen, let me ask you a question. Clint indicated that uh, he really wasn't into marijuana. What was your position on marijuana prior to trying the the cannabis oil? Okay, uh, I'm gonna let you know where I'm from. Um, the what kind <laughs> marijuana? <laughs> I know. I, I still don't know a lot. Um, I have known exactly nothing before. Mm-hmm. I've never used anything like that. Thank. I'm so grateful that Clint was able to um, research it and get information from uh, from Kurt. Corey, sorry, I want to say it correct. Um, I haven't had that information, but where I'm at now is working towards health, and I'm so much closer than I've ever been. What's the size of the tumor now? Um, it is 1.3 centimeters. centimeters yeah. yeah, it's gone down. the The time before that, which was about two and a half months ago. Um, it was 1.5 centimeters, so it's no. gone down. Okay. So, are you, are you too. so go ahead. Are you continuing to have radiation? No, I haven't had that for uh, over a year. A, a year and oh, over a year because it was November of 2020 that I was no 2019. Yeah, sorry. 2019. <laughs> they okay. give you uh, 30 doses, and that's considered the kind of the body's maximum. It was okay, it was so, six so. weeks every day. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so this shrinkage that you're seeing is definitely the oil then, because that radiation. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, there's absolutely. no. And and the doctor last time, like a few weeks ago, when we had the uh, the appointment, whatever, he said he he he's not usually very positive in, in a sense that he's very clinical. So he's he's good, very clinical, very caring, but and, and excellent. Yeah, I, I really like. Their him. job is not to give you hope. Their job is to help you with 
in your in your journey to healing. And so he was actually almost giddy and hopeful when he, we talked to him. And he said it's positive. And yeah. I have never heard him say <clears> that. He's never said That's that. That's a huge thing. And so these kinds of tumors don't shrink. This isn't the thing. This, this for the most part, doesn't stop growing ever. Mm. And the fact that this is happening right now is not common in the slightest. I'm, tr- I'm doing my utmost to prove this right. <laughs> yeah. So I will say 100% the RSO has been the, the game changer here. Uh, without, I don't think I would be sitting here with a wife. I think that's a very different story. How, how far past your due date are you, Ellen? <laughs> There's no due date. <laughs> no, but if, if they had given you those 12 months, how, past, how, how much further past the 12 months are you? Uh, seven months, I think. Eight months. Okay. You're sound. You're soundingly, re- sounding remarkably alive. <laughs> um, I am way, way, way better than I have been the whole time. Good for you. It's it's not uh, normal. It's not necessary what people expect. But I'm so happy, and so many people around us are happy. Yeah. It's been very good. Well, it's amazing what you've accomplished. It's unreal. I'm extremely grateful for you. Yeah. So, Ellen, tell us about the first time you took the cannabis oil. (laughs) Uh, I was scared out of my life, I think. (laughs) Uh, But I, I think I just slept. Yeah, you yeah. Said knocked her sideways like right. Like, there's no. I'm very sensitive to um, all kinds of meds, and I always take way less than what other people take, and so I I didn't know what to expect on this one. Yeah, I think we actually started her accidentally with more than the standard, like the rice grain or half rice grain size. I think it was like a grain and a half. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. And like it's almost like watching someone get blown down by the wind. Like she was just gone. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, totally. And then, like, sluggish, and for the next day, it, it just kind of hit her hard. Uh, yeah. Now, I, uh, I still sleep really well, but it sometimes takes a while to get to sleep. But yeah. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah. So she sleeps in the night now. Uh, we were doing a depository and whatever during the day, like, kind of spaced out. Right. Um, was spaced out as well. So yeah. it's just. It's, but, it's uh, basically your day is done then. Yeah. So, so now I actually make capsules with it. Um, the easiest way to actually do the tar is to actually kind of know what you put in the capsule for a weight. And then based on that, you can. We mix it with MCT oil because it's super bioavailable. Bio yeah. And there it just uh, it absorbs really well. And I think I told you uh, where the tumor, the remainder of the tumor is sitting is actually on that big vessel. And. I truly believe because tumors, they, they, they try to leach off of whatever closest blood source there is. Mm-hmm. So every time this tumor tries to reach into that artery and pull blood out, uh, it's just getting a bath of RSO every day. So I, I don't think that that's a negative thing. I think it's actually sitting at the right place for this to be working so well because it's, like I said, these things don't shrink. Uh, this is this is, uh, this is a big deal. So. So, guys, going into this, did you, with the cannabis oil, did you honestly think it would work? I I don't know. I I wasn't uh, I wasn't part of that. I I was so sick. 
Yeah, so you were it's, all, it's fully on Clint. <laughs> I, I I honestly did because you know my aunt and her her son. Yes, uh, and he, I mean, from from Hodgson's lymphoma to nothing in the span of three months. Yeah, he was really. Months. It was six really quick. It was a very short time, anyway. Uh, I mean, he had the chemo, everything else, but again, these kinds of things generally hit the body so hard, and within a very very short time, he's walking around like normal. That that I. I you don't hear these stories. You don't, this isn't normal. So, I mean, she was right away. She's telling me this stuff and, and they became a little bit quiet about what were, they were doing with him because again, the, the area where we are, it's very conservative and, and uh, it's, it's not the thing you just walk around saying, Hey, you know, we use cannabis oil, blah, blah, blah. Um, when she reached out to me and told me exactly what was going on, I'm like, well, hook me up. And this has to be a thing. This has to work. Uh, you know, and, and then I started doing all this research I mean, North America is very laid down and laid back. North America is very conservative when it comes to, they'll call it alternative treatments like this. Uh, but you go to Europe, go to Spain. Spain is huge on cannabis oil. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the amount of studies coming out of there, I'm fluent in Spanish, so I was able to read just a bunch of stuff. And it's all just fantastic. Like, it's so good. So all the research and everything else, coupled with the anecdotal evidence from my, my cousin standing in front of me, cured. Uh, I had great faith this is going to work. No question. Uh, I remember telling you you've got every hope. Absolutely. And you told me, you told me, and those the best words I've ever heard ever was this is not a death sentence. And you said it over and over again. I just, I've I've kept that every single day, wake up. And sometimes you wake up in hell and you have to, you have to claw your way back into the light and into a good, to a good day. Mm -hmm. And I tell myself, this is not a death sentence. This is not a death sentence over and over because it's not. Uh, there are uh, things available to us. We just need to open our eyes a little bit. Fantastic. Guys, what sort of uh, lifestyle changes did you make other than using cannabis? Well, we're poor now. (laughs) 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 Do you know what? That's the best answer we've heard. That's going to be the best answer we've had. Yeah. <laughs> I had quit my job because we were going to move. And so I had, when I got diagnosed, I had been off work literally one week. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, it would have been great that I had the job so they would still pay me. But however, um, however. I, I wouldn't have been working Still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, Clinton Ellen, there's been a lot of questions to me about what exactly you did as well, supplement wise. Like, what kind of like I know you did mushrooms for starters. So, could you share a little of that with the listeners, please? Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, I'll start with Ellen's side of things. Um, because of where, whatever, as soon as my eyes started getting open to the alternative medicine side of things when it comes to cancer, I thought, okay. RSO is obviously a thing. It obviously works. I mean, the amount of evidence out there is huge. But then I started looking at how do we make her, because our bodies are designed to fight disease, right? Uh, and even cancer. Our bodies can fight cancer. It's not like it takes over and kills you. You, you can actually, your, your immune system mounts a defense and pushes. And they say sometimes the treatment for cancer is worse than the disease because your body is actually designed to actually flush that out. That's very so, true, by the way. It is. The the treatment's horrible. It's horrific. So I started looking at what the rest of the world does. 
And to be honest, the rest of the world is a little bit behind Canada when it comes to the, the quality of our cancer treatment. It's actually quite astounding how good we have it here. So look at a place like, like India, the Ayurvedic system of healing that they use there. And that's where a lot of these supplements and subsequently a lot of our North American cancer treatments come out of India. So I was looking at that. I was like, okay, this is, there's, there's got to be something here. So I started researching a lot of the supplements that they use for brain health, for cancer fighting, for building the body up back to where it can fight its own stuff. Um, and my approach has kind of been, oh, we'll call it a mix, a mix of uh, the kitchen sink where you throw everything at it and ripples in a pond approach. So you throw a boulder in a pond, it's going to make waves. But you throw a pebble in, it's still going to make waves, just smaller. So everything you do, little bits at a time, little bits of, of, of positive reinforcement to the body will help that body fight cancer harder. So nothing is a bad thing necessarily. You can take a small bit of supplement and it's better than no supplement. You can take a large bit of supplement and you know it might have a stronger effect depending on what you're taking. So uh, I mean, Ellen's current list, I'll, I'll, I'll just read it off here if you want. Um, Please, thank you. Okay, where are we sitting here? I've got, we use ashwagandha. So it's, uh, I use it, okay, first of all, I'll just caveat all this. Most places where we have looked for supplements don't make them either strong enough or they're crazy expensive. So I buy everything in massive bulk quantities and make capsules. I have pill makers and whatever, we just make capsules. So you can buy ashwagandha, let's say at Costco. I think it's 60 bucks for the pills or whatever. The pills I make are three times as strong and they cost me 10 cents on the dollar because we just make them. So anyway, her list is ashwagandha, which is a mood stabilizer, reduces blood sugar, reduces stress and anxiety and cortisol. Uh, it increases muscle mass, uh, has massive anti-cancer properties and uh, has been shown to actually cause growth arrest or apoptosis in cancer cells. And so everything that I, I look up and everything that we do supplement-wise is backed by medical studies because we can't we can't actually, I don't know, Facebook evidence is not evidence, put it that way. <laughs> so yeah, it's got to have a study behind it. It's got to have massive peer review behind it before we'd even try it. Um, next one would be when Ellen was doing uh, uh, radiotherapy, she was unable to take the timozolomide. And so instead of that, we used uh, something called Guducci, which is uh, the scientific name is Tinospora cordifiola. And it, uh, again, regulates blood glucose levels, which is sugar kills cancer, helps hugely boost the immune system. Uh, it's very effective against infections and it's anti-inflammatory. So what happens is when you take it during radiotherapy, it actually helps to radiosensitize the tumor cells again. So they will, they'll open up the same receptors and you can still bombard them with radiation. So if you can't take temozolomide, try Gaduchi and try it in fairly large quantities because it, uh, it, will, it will do the very, very similar thing. And it's actually backed by studies as well. Uh, another one is called Bacopa monieri, which is a, a <laughs> they call it the wonder weed. It's out of India again. Um, and it's sole, sole purpose is to boost brain function and memory. Again, it reduces blood pressure and has some other side effects like that, but the the big basic purpose for Ellen specifically was her memory uh, because of where the tumor was sitting kind of got a little bit both cut out and kind of a little bit decimated by the by the tumor itself. Yeah. And so this stuff helps to build up the background behind it and help the brain form new pathways. 
Um, mixed with that would be uh, lion's mane mushroom, which is, I don't know if anybody ever, I mean, there's different kinds of mushrooms, but lion's mane is so beautiful for brain function. Uh, and it's been proven over and over and over again to help repair brain function and your cognitive pathways, as well as having great anti-cancer effects. And it actually helps your immune system recognize cancer and fight tumor cells. So if you need to take something, I would start with lion's mane and, and ashwagandha for sure. Um, Boswellia, uh, frankincense. Uh, you can get it in liquid or, or like, like uh, essential oil or powder form. We get the powder, we just put it in capsules and she takes around between 2,400 and 4,200 milligrams a day still. Uh, it's an anti-inflammatory again. Uh, and it's good for anytime you've got like joint pain, uh, radiation pain, uh, the effects of, of inflammation, those kinds of things. Uh, it fights that. It's a huge deal. Uh, so we, we she takes that every day. Uh, strong on omega-3 oils. So we take, uh, I'm, I'm saying we because both her and I take very similar amounts of, of these things. Uh, I take for different purposes. But um, fish oil has a lot of basis in brain health. There's a lot of uh, research that says it's actually really, really good for you. Uh, again, helps rebuild memory, lowers your cholesterol, strengthens your veins, and it's actually been proven to have strong anti-cancer effects as well. Um, there are, again, based on whatever blood tests you have, a lot of vitamins and stuff that a lot of cancer patients lack, specifically the vitamin Bs and vitamin Ds. So B3, B12, those are energy. Uh, if you go drink a five-hour energy drink, that's got like 2,000% of your daily allowance of vitamin B12. So it'll give you a kick. So if you're really low on energy from treatment, anything with vitamin B in it is going to be better than nothing. You're going to get huge amounts of energy from it. Um, again, things like iron, D3, whatever, your, your oncologist should be able to tell you what works, what doesn't. But uh, generally, cancer patients are really low in a few of these areas. So um, that really helps boost it. Uh, vitamin D is a huge deal. Uh, that is actually uh, has a huge anti-proliferative effect on glioblastoma specifically and generally helps rebuild the immune system as well. Uh, helps for cell growth, cell protection, mood enhancement, etc. Um, turmeric with uh, high curcumin content, very strong anti-cancer. Uh, it's been proven over and over and over again. There's a thousand studies on turmeric that actually is fantastic stuff. Um, a lot of diet changes too. Uh, we put Ellen on a very, like a zero sugar, very low carb. Um, I'll say I've been high sugar my whole life. Yeah. Until ah, okay. A year until and a half ago. Yeah. And I do not miss sugar. It's very strange. Yeah. But <laughs> sugar, cancer loves sugar. It's been proven many, many times. Cancer is, is a sugar hound. So yeah. if you eliminate that from your body and eliminate that in carbohydrate form from your diet, um, you're basically giving it no options to feed and it has to look for other things. So that glioblastoma specifically is, is a, a pretty hardy beast and it will look for other energy sources and find them. So that's why the kitchen sink approach. So we, we throw all these, these supplements at it too. And we try to keep away from the things that, that are traditionally, you know, not good for, 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 or traditionally will feed cancer cells. So, um, I had one more yet. Are we sitting? Boswellia, Bacopa. Well, it's interesting you mentioned about sugar because we've talked to people who've gone to cancer clinics and hospitals and they serve donuts and pop and I think, stuff I like know. that. I know. All they have their chemo, have a donut. 
That's right. And how many doctors are going to tell you, oh, your diet doesn't matter. Go ahead and eat whatever you want. Yeah. Lots of them. I hear it almost every day. Yep. And it's terrible. It's it's the wrong approach. It's a very bad thing. Yeah. So here's something about cancer as well. Cancer is a metabolic disease because what you put in your body affects what happens to you. So they approach it from a, you know, let's, let's blast it with radiation. Let's blast, let's, let's blast the, the evidence of what we see that's wrong with your body, which is a tumor, which is, you know, your cells are bad, whatever, but that's not the cause. So unfortunately for glioblastoma, the, the cause is still up in the air. There's a lot of theoretical uh, approach to, to what may cause brain cancer specifically, but for other cancers, um, there are certain specific causes to it. Uh, but what we put inside of us helps what, what changes that, that outcome. So you can, you can feed cancer by eating a donut. You can starve cancer by eating broccoli. These things are, are medically sound and so much research goes into them, but we feel bad. So, Hey, go ahead and have a donut or we feel, you know, you kind of have to sometimes turn your emotions off and be a little bit clinical about the way you're treating, the way you're, the way you're. Uh, surviving, I guess. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. What would, in conclusion, is there anything, Ellen or Clint, that you'd like to say to listeners? Oh, man. This is not a death sentence. You should marry a Clint and get help. (laughs) 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 Um, I would would not have made it. Um, But because Clint is so willing to study and find help and um, try new things, all those things. That's what's working here. Do you know why yeah, he does? Kind of yeah, uh, refer to Ellen's treatment protocol as the Rasmussen protocol because it's it's <laughs> kind of unique to her, but it, it works. Uh, so far, it's working quite fantastically. It's, it's, actually, it's going very well. And she's yeah. she keeps astounding the medical staff that approach us. We had a, a lady approach us a couple of weeks ago, uh, who's in the counseling service for for this area. And uh, she said, I just want to let you know, you're the longest surviving brain cancer patient I've ever known. Oh, from, from the brain cancer. Yeah, yeah from wow. the brain specifically. Yeah. Wow. That's something. That is truly something. In closing, anything you want to say, Clint? Um, yeah, you know what? Don't give up hope. Don't, um, when, when Corey gets on the radio and talks about how cannabis works, I know you can be skeptical about things, but this is a true and actual thing. And cannabis 100% kills cancer. No question. We're sitting here living proof of it. And I would recommend to anyone, if you have the slightest amount of ability to, to do a bit of research, I mean, go to Google, just type in cannabis and cancer and look what comes up. And those aren't just stories. That's real stuff. So yeah, it's not a death sentence. Yeah. I, I just keep up hope. Keep 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 looking up. Keep making sure it's it's uh, you know every, every day you got to grasp the day. Be good. Be positive. But do the things that are going to make a difference in your life. The ripples in the pond thing. Ellen, if you didn't know it, Clint loves you. <laughs> I do know. It's <laughs> too old. <laughs> yeah. No, it's fantastic and. Uh, I think you're going to beat this. There's no question about it. You've I got fully, the, fully agree with you. You've got the right attitude. You've got great help. 
and you've got great support. And we want to thank both of you for doing this. And in a couple of years, we'll do it again. Let's do that. Awesome. 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 Thank you guys so, so much. If you'd like to tell your story about the medical use of cannabis, then send us an email. Go to our website and check us out first. A lot of people, surprisingly, don't even uh, go to our website. They listen to us on other platforms. But go to our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and send us an email on uh, your issue and a bit of a synopsis on how cannabis helped you. And uh, who knows, you may be the next guest on Cannabis Health Radio. And if you'd like to make a contribution to Cannabis Health Radio, we are listener-supported radio. You can go to our website and make a one-time donation, or you can make a monthly donation for as little as $5, the cost of a cup of coffee. And thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. We'll be back again next week. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey friends, I'm Brandon and I'm Saba and we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout podcast, an educational platform to connect with the cannabis community and share personal stories while breaking the stigma of marijuana. Join us every Sunday at 7 p.m. to gain valuable insight with different perspectives from industry leaders, growers, and medical marijuana patients. This is a place to learn so much from different angles in the cannabis industry. So tune in while we break it all down. down.